Hi, I'm Mark Iskowitz, Executive Editor of MMM, and welcome to the MMM Podcast. I hope you're well and staying safe during this difficult time. My guests today are the three agency executives who are not just working behind the scenes of, but are really out in front of the social initiative known as Black Health Now. The three, who are all senior executives at the agency TBWA World Health, launched BHN earlier this year to raise awareness and bring focus to the disparity of health outcomes for Black Americans. Its social channels include personal stories from coworkers discussing how being Black in America has impacted their access to quality health care, as well as Q&As with physicians and other members of the Black community. There are Instagram live streams, too, and other resources, like uh, 10 questions to ask your doctor about COVID-19. This conversation about Black health got off to a very auspicious start in February, and it has certainly continued with even greater focus the last couple of months in the wake of the tragic deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. We'll talk about talk with excuse me the creatives responsible for Black Health now, what they're learning through their unique programming, and what it's like to be heading up this special social effort at such a pivotal moment in our nation's history. But first, a, a few housekeeping items. Uh, the Hall of Femme cover contest is live until July 31st. Also, by the time you hear this podcast, the uh, uh, hashtag Create Health Equity social initiative from MMM, uh, which is our own racial justice initiative, will have launched. And finally, the next in MMM's convened series of webcasts, which delves into hot topics, is coming up June 25th. It's called Convene COVID 19 Crisis Control What's Next for Healthcare? And you can register for that on our website. Okay, back to our conversation with the creatives behind BHN. I'm talking with three very senior advertising ex executives. Joining me today are Walter Gear III, who is SVP, Group Creative Director, Digital Experience and Innovation at TBA World Health, TBWA World Health. Hey, Walter. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, joining Walter is Wally Holloway. She's Associate Managing Partner at TBWA World Health. Hey, Wally. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Course. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have Brian Gaffin. He's Executive Creative Director at WildType, which is a uh, TBWA sister agency. Hey, Brian. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. Of course. How you, how you all doing? Good. Good. Doing well? Can't, not yet. You can't complain yet. We're doing good. <laughs> the, day, the day is early. You know, every, every day during quarantine brings new challenges. Um, but it's certainly, you know, great to have stimulating conversations uh, like this, and we have a lot to talk about. So uh, how about we just uh, get started? Um, tell me about the genesis behind BHN. And it started black, back during Black History Month, right? Yeah, it did, actually. Um, it was an idea that came together because at TBWA World Health, we've been doing a lot around diversity and inclusion. And one of the programs that the agency sponsored really focused on, you know, um, diversity and inclusion in the workplace, how do we make things better? And I had talked about some of the experiences that I had um, personally, specifically working in multicultural and, you know, why it's important that, you know, in the healthcare space as well, that we make sure that we are making sure that the, the constituencies that we represent as part of the healthcare space are also represented and that there's a sense of inclusion. And Brian, my partner on Black Health Now, really had the idea to say, why don't we do something with this? Because there is such a big need. And he pulled Walter in and we all did three got together and said, wow, this is a great opportunity. Let's get it together for Black History Month, right? Like what an opportunity for us to really launch this. And it was fast and furious, but we were able to do it because there's such a need. Great, great. Certainly, certainly auspicious timing. Yeah. Uh, what was the initial reaction like? Initial reaction from our leadership was like, yes, we absolutely need to do something like this. The reaction from coworkers was like, 
were was like, wow, this is really interesting. This is also something that um, that's needed. And when we talked to our, you know, the black colleagues within TBWA World Health and said, do you want to be a part of this? They were absolutely. And I think what was really enlightening for us was everybody had a story. I mean, we focused on you know, healthcare disparities and outcomes and differences and the experiences of black Americans when when interacting with the healthcare system. And what was surprising to us is we're all executives, right? And we all are insured. And, and typically you would expect that there's always a really good experience, but that's not always the case. So I think we were um, inspired, we were humbled, we were grateful, and we were surprised that there were so many personal stories that people had to share. Fantastic. Yeah, it's such an important issue. Um, you know, the, the health disparities uh, happening um, and, you know, falling along racial lines. Um, and, you know, not to mention that you you started this effort right around the time that the COVID-19 pandemic had begun to arrive here. And several of your guests have highlighted how the effects of the pandemic have really, um, you know, exacerbated those disparities, uh, which kind of validated what you all are trying to underscore here, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was really important. And, and the great thing about this is that, you know, we were fortunate enough to have these individuals, celebrities, athletes, chefs and so on and so forth, step forward and be part of this conversation. Um, and the beauty about that, too, is they all cared. Right. They all wanted to actually be a part of it. And we paid absolutely zero dollars for all these folks. And I think that that is a big the, the, the big thing that's out there that I know a lot of folks have asked us is like, how much do you pay these people? to do this. Absolutely nothing, because they believe in the cause and believe in what we're trying to do in terms of making change and striving for self-care in the Black community. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into uh, your, some of your programming and some of your guests in a moment. Um, I just also wanted to, to mention, I guess, again, that you know now that the nation is reckoning with systemic racism in the wake of uh, the deaths of, as we mentioned, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, um, as an observer looking at your content, I would say the conversation you started around black health has only grown more intense. In your own words, how would you say your approach or thinking has changed since these tragic deaths? I can answer that. Um, I think it's also important because it's a podcast that your viewers probably should know that I'm I'm a white guy. Um, I'm, I'm not black. Um, but what was interesting about this was that as what I alluded to in the beginning, this this whole thing kind of came out of a, of a diversity and inclusion team that we had. And the conversation came out of a, a day where everyone got together to kind of talk about racial disparity in the industry um, long before all this. This was, this was in uh, January. Um, and when Wally was telling her story about healthcare and the healthcare disparity, and it was shocking to me. And I always kind of heard those things, but it never really... I was, I was just really shocked that no one had really ever done anything about it. And, and in that moment of talking with each other and really kind of sharing really close stories and feelings, it just became clear we had to do something. And so when we when we pulled that together uh, with Walt and Wally, uh, it just became it just had a life of its own because it was so needed. And it's just so strange to think that, you know, I've been in this industry 20 plus years. I don't want to say how long, but. This stuff's been out there and, and no one's done anything about it. It's certainly not a client and definitely not an agency. So this was something that's really groundbreaking and I'm really excited to to see if we can really make some change with it. I'm excited too. I, I mean, it's fantastic really that you bring more attention to this and the way you're doing that. You know, how many times have we as healthcare reporters, you know, read in, in prestigious medical journals about the health disparities, you know, in the, in the, in the black community, in the Hispanic community, 
Um, and it's just kind of chalked up to, you know, well, that's just the way it is, you know, and, you know, cardiovascular health and, and metabolic health and so on and so forth. But when you really get down to it, it's, it's because of racism. Uh, it's, it's, and, and we need to really address that. Uh, and I'm glad that, that the medical community, not only America, but the medical community seems to be taking this more seriously now. And if eliminating racial injustice and health disparities starts with examining our own attitudes, then yours is certainly one of the most thought-provoking efforts I've seen to spur those kinds of conversations. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, within the healthcare marketing world, we've seen a number of, of responses and actions being taken. You know, we have a, a little blog where we're tracking what agencies are doing, which is how I discovered uh, BHN. But it's been interesting to see how agencies are seizing this moment to advance on the diversity and inclusion front and the increased appetite for diversity and inclusion right now. Uh, I just wanted to ask you really quick, you know, you mentioned you, you, you all kind of have, you know, you're giving voice to your, your co-workers' um, stories, uh, but, you know, you, you all have personal motivations for doing this. Um, I'm sure that you bring your own kind of life experiences to this, and I suspect that the motivation for working on BHN stems from, from personal conviction more so than any kind of formal job description. Would you agree with that and, and why? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, you know, it's a personal kind of passion project for all three of us. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things that we're involved in as part of the agency and running our the businesses that we're responsible for. But this is absolutely a passion project. I've been working kind of in this area for a while off and on as part of my agency career in healthcare. And, you know, there's such a need. And, you know, my background is I grew up in a household where, you know, my parents were always on the forefront of fighting for what's right and for, you know, people who are marginalized and, you know, kind of on the sidelines of, you know, justice and racial justice and healthcare justice. So for me, it feels natural. And, you know, it, it, as I look back across my career and even today and kind of where we go to the future, unfortunately, there's so much to talk about, to your point. There, it's, you know, it's been written in medical journals and it's there, it's been documented in reports. It's, you know, books have been written about it. But I think what we really are excited about with Black Health Now is we have the opportunity with real people, physicians and real people to bring it more to the forefront so that other people recognize it. It's important. And going back to your other question, Yes, we started with Black History Month and we started with personal stories of, you know, interactions with the healthcare system. But yes, then COVID-19 happened and and look at the statistics, right? Um, you know, Black Americans and, you know, people of color were disproportionately affected and impacted by COVID-19. And then there's something else, right? And we talked about mental health. So there's always a topic that unfortunately bubbles to the surface that, um, you know, um, um, disproportionately impacts communities of color. And I, I think Black Health Now helping to give a voice to that is important for us, for me personally, certainly. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, so let's talk about the format a little bit and some of the programming, because I love, again, what you're doing. Um, you know, you all have a presence. Um, you're dishing out facts and busting myths. Um, you had an essential workers panel. You're spurring open dialogue. You know, you had an all Black panel about being Black in America, which drew, as I understand it, 200, 2,000 listeners followed a few days later by an all-white panel, self-care. Uh, you had a panel last night with three experts, including the CEO of the American Psychological Association uh, on the mental health issues in the Black community. How do you line up such great guests, and what's your programming philosophy? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> a really good question. Truth be said, look, like Wally, Wally and Brian, and I, this is it is this is like a business, right? And and we are like partners, and we argue with each other, and we debate <laughs> on stuff. 
we talk about talent like all weekend, all night to like midnight. We are in like this is like a three way relationship here. Um, but it's um, truth be told, it's it's we we think on the what are the topics that we need to discuss that are highly relevant right now, right? With what's been going on the past two weeks, clearly mental health was something that we felt we had to approach to broach. So then it was then it was just about well, how do we actually find folks who can actually tap into the culture, and how do we actually find experts who are who who are so well known, right? That that it's like they can bust these facts and people believe them, right? Because at the end of the day, what's important to us is that creating change means not doing it by way of just like showing facts or stuff on pages, right? Because that we know that there is something different that happens when you watch video content and you experience something, right? And you're able to hear other people's stories. Um, and so this is just about really just like finding out a great topic. And then we work through our network to actually see who, who who'd like to be involved. We go in, pitch them, present them the idea, and, and nine times out of 10, they, they believe in it and want to be involved. Yeah, I think one of the, the real key issues here or things here is what makes this initiative different than a lot of the other um, healthcare agency initiatives that you see is that what we're doing is is not just a health thing, and it's it, but it's personal to our the people who work with us and to the people who know them, um, but also to the larger world and community. Like we didn't know all this stuff was going to happen with COVID and with George Floyd, obviously, but we knew that we knew that the systemic racism was there, and we knew we had to do we wanted to do something about that. And so we, I think we've really just kind of struck a nerve. People want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. The format has been interesting as well, because and this is something in the beginning we really kind of debated on. Do we want to do a Zoom? Do we want to do a WebEx? Do we want to do Twitch or Instagram Live? We landed on Instagram Live because this is where our larger audiences are. If we were to invite people to, let's say, a Zoom chat, then you have a capped down amount of people that can actually attend. When we actually have or we bring people on, talent onto Instagram, you know, we make it a point to bring people that are recognizable and have following because that allows us to tap into their audience in a particular demographic. So when we want to talk to older, you know, older African-American, you know, you know, audience, we, t we bring in a, an individual that represents them, right? We bring in someone like a Chris Spencer. We bring in like last night, you know, Randy Jackson, right? So we make sure that we're finding the right talent that can tap into the right audience. And because Instagram is like a, a platform that helps to organically grow our reach, like we've been able to see 50, 000, over 50,000 live viewers since we started this about a month ago, so. Wow, wow, so you're actually, have, actually having a lot of reach and frequency there uh, for, for sure. Uh, what would you say is your overall message, uh, and would and um, can you share any of the um, you know some some of the not just metrics but maybe some of the change that you've that you've kind of witnessed or some of your observations since you began that are kind of encouraging you to keep on going? Uh, well, I mean, well, I will say that we have gotten. I mean, diversity and inclusion has has been a big part of our agency for a while, and it's our twenty. It was our twenty twenty goal. We talked about doing it in November. Um, and that's how a lot of this stuff has started to happen. We're starting to see a ton of people just wanting to work with us. Um, just like, you know, feel, you know, coming, you know, people talk about the, how hard it is to find the talent, find black talent. But the truth of the matter is we put this thing out there and it was kind of a beacon to say, hey, we care um, not just about what you can do at work, but about you personally. And so people are starting to, to come to us and, and want to work with us. And I think that's, that to me has been, I think the best metric is just, you know, People can comment and, and watch. We can get big numbers on Instagram, but hearing people say that they were personally affected by it and that they want to work with us in the future is is a really great feeling. 
I agree. I, I second that. I'll also say too, it's like one beautiful thing is like when we when we were doing things like exercising with, you know, with different folks and we had Ashley Everett, who's, who's Beyonce's dance captain, we saw people. And, and again, we used Ashley, you know, Everett as a way to say, hey, like dancing is exercise too. And what was beautiful about that is after we launched that, we saw families where we saw like grandparents and their children and their grandkids like reposting video of them dancing in front of the TV while we're on live. Like for me, that was impactful because it shows that like we're making change. Like we're showing people that exercising in your health matters and people were actually engaging. And that that's a beautiful thing because when we looked at this and we started the initiative, you know, another, another, you know, these other folks were questioning us and they said, well, you know, how do you, how do you measure success? And for a minute, I stopped to say, well, well, it's, it's you know, success is how many people we can reach and change their lives. Which truth be told, like, if we can change one person's life, if we can get one person to tune in and say, hey, I can actually do this, and this is going to make me a healthier person, uh, then that's a, that's a, an amazing thing. Absolutely, yeah, that's a nice sort of uh, feedback loop that you have, um, you know, and you and you can see that in real time, given that it's it's social in nature. So that's that's wonderful. And I was going to ask you, you know, is this a campaign? quote unquote, with a finite ending, you know, how, how long will it run? You know, if you're getting that kind of feedback, you, it sounds like you probably want to do it as long as, as there's an appetite for it. But have you had thoughts of, okay, how guys, how long are we going to do this for? Forever. <laughs> no, but, the thing, truth be said, this came up when we first started this initiative. It was like, how, how long are we going to do it for? And I think that the answer was a quick one. We said, as long as it takes, right? Mm -hmm. We started this initiative knowing that this wasn't going to be a Black History Month. Right. We knew that there needed this needed to be continued. And, and you know, for the record, Black Health Now, that hashtag, that's not ours. So we expect that other people take it and run with it. Generate your own ideas. Use that hashtag as much as possible because Black Health is, is important. Right. And so we want to say, that, like, we're, we're open to partnerships with folks. We're open to figuring out ways that we can actually help and, and, and blow this up even larger than what it is. Yeah, that's beautiful. And kind of balance out doing the BHN along with, I'm sure, what your extensive responsibilities are at uh, TBWA World Health? I think your question was like, how do we balance it all? Well, I think it goes back to what Brian and Will said earlier. I mean, we're, we're doing this on our, this is our kind of our, our side gig and, and an important one. So in the evenings, on some of the weekends, at night, like we do it, you know, when we can between meetings, because there is a lot to be done in our, in what we do day to day, um, you know, in our, 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 our you know, in our businesses that we lead and we're part of, but this is really important. So we make the time for it and, you know, it, it you know, how long it's going to last, you know, the good news is we're a platform that we have that we can continue to, to, you know, um, talk about these issues. The bad news is there's only going to always going to be new issues and there's lots of disparities that we have the opportunity to highlight. So I think that we have an opportunity to really take this as far as we possibly can and with people being really interested in it. So, you know, we're, we're, it's a passion project. You know, the organization is committed, we're committed to it. And to Walt's point, we want to have others participate in it as well. So it's, it's a balancing act for sure. I, th I think one yeah. thing that's interesting as well is that it, it's proven to be a very flexible platform. In that, um, you know, originally it was about the general health disparity, but then when COVID nineteen hit, it became we became very focused on that. But the platform flexed and really became a, a really great way for us to tell those stories. And now, even as we start to head into you know kind of the racial justice and George Floyd again, it's we can see it already kind of shifting so that we can tell more stories. So uh, what I love about it is that it um, it's really kind of a template I think for for 
we could probably roll this out for all kinds of marginalized groups um, who, especially in health, right? There's a lot of different things that are happening and, and we'd love to, to see other people kind of, you know, maybe pick up the mantle for their, their own, you know, causes and groups and, and see where this can go. Yeah, it's nice to see the model, the platform flexing and accommodating um, as, as the facts on the ground change, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that you now have gained um, this this audience and you've forged this relationship um, with 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 your audience. I've heard you know I've, I've heard you you know talk to other um, media outlets about this. Um, you know, Walter, you were interviewed by the press in a couple instances, but you've talked about you know the lack of of senior officers and executives who are people of color in advertising. Um, is that something that um, you know t- you know talking about? Um, not only your your model flexing, but just you know taking this opportunity, your platform, to point out other aspects of of imbalance. Um, you know, is that something that you feel? I'm sure you do feel strongly about that. But can you touch on that for a moment about how you're you're turning the lens maybe to the advertising and marketing world and saying, hey, while we're having this larger conversation, we've also got these other initiative, these other uh, issues that, that we need to deal with as well. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one conversation uh, that we could probably spend a lot of time on. Um, look, like there's there's a significant lack of, of of black leadership across the agency world and and other you know areas of of, of um you know the, the you know world as well. But I think that what we're doing here is simply showing folks that like look like diversity and inclusion is one thing, and and but in in, in posting. Uh, a black image for Black Tuesday is another, or posting that, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter is another, but it, it takes action, right? So so what we're trying to do here is like, look, we want to have this conversation and make it public and make it as broad as possible. And this is just one way of us saying that like, hey, look, it's more than just hiring the talent. It's more than just, you know, a simple quote. We want to actually make sure that we're, you know, we reach out and try to make change across the black community as a whole. And these are not difficult things to do, right? I say this often is that, you know, we are all at home with the same access to the same tools, right? We're, we're not doing anything that no one else can do, right? So, so I would actually say that, um, you know, I would challenge other folks that are out there to, to do more, right? And, and to step to the plate. And I think it's really interesting, you know, we, we talked about Black Health Now, of course, and how it got started and kind of where we are and where we're going. But it's just been really interesting for us to notice how there's been a culmination of events, right, around really tough conversations, tough conversations from our point of view around healthcare disparity and inequity, you know, moving into, you know, generally COVID. And then again, just looking at the broader kind of racial injustice and all the events, people are now having conversations that they wouldn't have had before. And those conversations are starting to happen also in the workplace. So. You know, I, I think that that's a good thing. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, could this be a moment where this is real change and real change is gonna happen? I mean, you know, imba- Walt talked about an imbalance, the injustice that's happening in society. I think this is a moment for us as, you know, people, as executives, as companies to be really reflective about what we can do to impact change. And we didn't really necessarily uh, say it, but there is, there is, inherently a racism in health advertising as well because of this lack of um, representation from the black and brown communities in the senior ranks, um, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, um, at a lot of agencies. And that, that then trickles down into the kind of advertising we see. Um, do, you, do you expect that could be 
um, one of the issues that you tackled that you kind of shine a spotlight on and, and what else is on the horizon for, for BHN? And we'll, we'll wrap up with that question. I mean, I think this is, that's a hard one. I, you know, you can't change the ship overnight. They can't steer the, you know, away from the iceberg. And um, this is, you know, decades worth of stuff we're looking to overcome. I really like what we're doing at TBWA World Health because we put uh, inclusion first, I think, which is, you know, a mindset because you can have an all white agency. And if it's if it's monoculture, like you, you can't bring new people into it. But with us, we have such diverse voices, just even to start. And then you bring in diverse faces who have another kind of voice. And then it, it again, the, the organization just is able to accept that and grow and get stronger. So, you know, as our diversity numbers get better, I think we'll, we'll, we'll definitely start to see the impact on the work that we make. No, it'll be terrific to see. Um, and uh, great to see it's moving in the right direction. Um, okay, well, we'll, we'll call it there. Um, you know, Brian, uh, Wally and, and Walter want to thank you again so much for joining me today. This was a fascinating uh, conversation. Thanks, thank you. Thanks for having me. Great, thank you. Absolutely, and uh, I want to thank everybody out there for for listening. Um, we hope you uh, you know continue to, to stay well and take care. Um, and um, for uh, Larry Dobrow, this has been Mark Iskowitz signing off. We'll see you next time on the MMM Podcast. Take care, everybody. Thank you.